This is Soccer News IV. Soccer News IV. It's in your veins. Brought to you by SoccerRom.com. From Bumblebee to high school to college to the pros before the best coaches go to practice, they go to SoccerRom.com. Hello and welcome. I'm Stephen Parr, the host of Soccer News IV. Here's our top story. The U.S. is kicked out of the World Cup in the first round after losing to Ghana 2-1. If the U.S. had beaten Ghana, they would have advanced to the second round. As it was, Ghana went in their place. This is the third time the U.S. has gone to a World Cup in Europe, and it's the third time they are coming home early. Admittedly, the Americans did do a bit better in group play this time than they did in 1998 or in 1990. But I'm sure that didn't make the plane ride home any more enjoyable. Immediately, pundits began asking what went wrong. Did Coach Bruce Arena blow it? Where was Landon? Well, maybe we're just not that good. And many of these pundits decided the answer to our woes is simply to have more Americans playing in Europe. Well, to quote that Guinness beer commercial, Brilliant! Except... How do you propose to do that? It's not like we can just walk over to Barcelona and say, okay, you can have our players now. Now, if the European teams wanted our players, they would have them already. Besides, simply playing in Europe does not mean you're going to play well in the World Cup. In 2006, who was the only player who was effective every time he stepped on the field? McBride? Reyna? Beasley? Gooch? No. Our best player and only goal scorer this go-round was Clint Dempsey, who plays for the New England Revolution in Major League Soccer in America. So, being a pundit myself, let me sum up exactly what went wrong. You can put it in three categories. Bad tactics, awful plays, and even worse, officiating. Let's start with the tactics. The U.S. played scared. We went in with the mentality of let's not get too far behind rather than let's go out and win. This was perhaps most evident in Bruce Arena's interview immediately before the Ghana game. The U.S. had to win to move on. And in that interview, Arena said the first goal has proven to be critical in this cup. So we have to make sure we don't give up that early goal. See, that's a half-empty mentality. What he should have said is, we have to make sure we go out and get that first goal. You, you see the difference? But attitude wasn't the only team problem. The lineup was also way too defensive. Bruce played all three games with just one forward. Name the last time the U.S. beat any substantial opponent using just one forward. I don't think you can do it. Am I the only person who remembers 1998? We played all three games in that cup using just one forward. And you know what? We lost all three games. In 2002, we used two forwards and we beat Portugal. We beat Mexico. We used just one forward this time around and we're out in the first round. It, coincidence? I think not. Brian McBride plays in England with a strike partner, not all alone. 
So why in the world would all of a sudden we become great at playing with just one man up top at the World Cup? Further, the 4-5-1 put the two best players from 2002, Landon Donovan and Demarcus Beasley, in positions they are not used to and they're not good at. Landon's not a forward. Beasley doesn't play on the right. So surprise, neither player had a good cup. Speaking of the players, some of the blame has to be leveled at their feet, or, or rather with their brains. Every goal scored on the U.S. was the direct result of some player making a really dumb decision. That includes Gooch's decision not to mark the really big check forward in the box, you know, the one that's hard to miss, and he decided not to mark him just as the checks were crossing the ball in the first five minutes of the game. His assignment that game was to follow the big guy and somehow, five minutes into the game, he loses them. It also includes Eddie Pope's decision to be the only person on the U.S. team to pull an offside trap on Italy's free kick in the second game, and Claudio Reyna's decision to try and dribble out of the defense when a Ghanaian forward was salivating over a loose ball, and Carlos Bocanegra's plan to kick the ball really high and into the box rather than really high and out of bounds just minutes before halftime. These were dumb decisions that cost us games. Poor decision-making was epidemic in U.S. games. It just wasn't the coach or the players, but the refs had a role, too, from the Cardapalooza that was the Italy game to the amazingly bad penalty kick call against the U.S. just before halftime in the Ghana game. The U.S. could not catch a break. Americans might have been able to overcome one of these problems, maybe even two if they were lucky, but the combination of poor tactics, poor play, and poor refs was just too much. Now, Bruce Arena is at least partly to blame for the U.S.'s failures, so what should be his future with the national team? His contract is up in December, and he has said his future is up to U.S. soccer. Well, let's be fair. Bruce is by far the best coach in U.S. history. He led the Americans to the quarterfinals in 2002, and if the German handball had been called in that quarterfinal game, he might have made it to the semis. On the other hand, he's been with the team for eight years. No other coach in this World Cup has been with their respective team for that long. Longevity in international managers is rare, so what I'm about to say, I would have said, even if the U.S. had made it into the round of 16. It's probably time for Arena to go. Poor officiating at the World Cup hasn't been limited to just the U.S. games. No, the refs are averaging almost six cards per game. If you listened to this podcast last week, you'll remember the last three cups all averaged around four cards per game. So something is going wrong. And in the second round game between Portugal and the Netherlands, if you missed this, the ref passed out 16 yellow cards and four red cards. There are only 22 people on the field to begin this game. That set a single-game record for red cards in the World Cup. That's not the type of record you want to be setting. FIFA president Sepp Blatter said afterwards the ref should have ejected himself. Six of the eight teams still left in the World Cup are like the cast of the usual suspects. Germany, England, Italy, Argentina, France, and Brazil have all won World Cups in the past. They are the only teams to have ever won a World Cup. Well, all right, if you ignore Uruguay, which actually is pretty easy to do considering Uruguay hasn't won a cup since 1950. Portugal and Ukraine round out the top eight. 
Back stateside this week, the redheaded Red Bull gets a pink slip. New York fired head coach Mo Johnson after the team fell to last place in the East. Assistant coach and former MLS player Richie Williams is serving as interim coach for Red Bull. MLS played a whole slew of games despite the World Cup. Last Wednesday, D.C. United beat the Chicago Fire 1-0 at home. At the same time, the crew and Revolution tied things up 1-1, as did Chivas USA and the Colorado Rapids. Then on Saturday, Chivas traveled to Columbus where they tied the crew 1-1, which was a familiar score for both teams by now. D.C. United beat Kansas City 1-0. FC Dallas also took care of things at home, beating Colorado 1-0. Then goals became a little harder to find. The Revolution tied Real Salt Lake 0-0. The Dynamo and the Galaxy also laid a pair of goose eggs. Red Bull failed to score against Chicago and lost 2-0 on Sunday. Then, three days later, Red Bull failed to score against the crew. And that's okay because Columbus seemed content with their third tie of the week. Also on Wednesday, New England beat FC Dallas thanks to an assist from Clint Dempsey. Back from the World Cup. And D.C. United beat Kansas City 3-2 in Kansas City. It was their second win over the Wizards this week and the fourth victory of the season. Chicago won at home over Salt Lake 2-1, while the Dynamo tied their second game in California of the week, matching Chivas one all. Well, after the marathon of games last week, there are only three games on the schedule this week. Red Bull interim coach Richie Williams will try to take the word interim off his business card with the win over New England Revolution. The game is on ESPN2 at 6 on Saturday. At 8.30 on Direct Kick and HDNet, the Galaxy heads to Kansas City. While back in L.A., FC Dallas takes on Chivas at 10 Eastern. You can see that match on Direct Kick. That's it for this week. I need to give a big shout-out to the folks at SoccerRom.com for all of their support. For Soccer News IV, I'm Stephen Parr. Remember, Soccer News IV, it's in your veins.